This is a global original podcast. Hi and welcome to Confessions of a Modern Parent. The podcast where my husband Mark and I discuss the challenges, difficulties, frustrations and ultimately the joys of being parents and step-parents to four wonderful, talented, beautiful daughters aged between 25 and 12. Well, here we go again, another call for We sit down not really quite knowing what we're going to talk about, kind of do, but then we end up talking about something else, and we both cry really quickly. Isn't it? <laughs> oh, my God, what is wrong with us? Oh, we're going through, we're going through, we're going through the change. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> Changes. What we're doing happening? is talking about Maddie becoming 18. I know, I know. Okay, so it's not quite emptiness, but it is, where did all the time go? And, uh, yeah, feelings of loss, or perhaps well, a new chapter. Yeah, just, just, it's a big shock as your kid he- he- heads towards 18, careering. Um, empty nest is a whole other thing and I think so many people are going to be feeling that come September, yeah, so we'll, we'll revisit that, but yeah, this really is about looking at the time and going, where 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 is it gone? So stay tuned and listen to us sobbing. <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are, good morning, 2am in the morning. <laughs> Um, yeah, it does land at a curious time. This yeah, it's yeah. I wonder what time people do. I wonder if people have got a routine. As Why is it at 3am in the morning? Yeah. It lands. I've never really understood that. It's, it's a strange, strange, strange time, isn't it? Anyway, oh. whenever you've caught this, um, uh, it's still, we're still... Are we in lockdown or not? Because we're not at the offices. We feel semi-lockdown, don't we? And we feel yeah. like at any point we could be locked down again. But what you're going to be really pleased about is we are not talking about lockdown. No, but, <laughs> no I think what we're talking about does tie in a little bit to COVID, doesn't it? Well, it does for me anyway. Does it? Oh, well, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, oh, yes, because so. it doesn't for me. Not immediately, yeah. but maybe you'll change so my mind. So what is the subject of today? This is to do with something you posted, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, a couple of nights ago I posted um, a... Oh, just looking at my daughter again, our daughter. A carousel of ten little pictures of our eldest, Maddie. Now, through the power of audio transmission, imagine these quaint, cute little pictures. Oh, my God, so gorgeous. Cherubic little face. Holding a bear. Inquisitive little eyes. Looking up at the sun. Daydreaming. Pure innocence, pure belief. Adoration. That everyone in the world is, yeah. is kind and is going to love her yep. and don't it makes me want to cry just as I even say that because of course the world is not like that but <laughs> two minutes in and we're crying that's quite an astonishing achievement and I just I just put these silly words to try and get over my emotional moment with those photos and it was I, I said I was suddenly hit with the fact last night that my firstborn is going to be 18 in a few months and quite frankly I'm shocked outraged how the hell has it come to all this there doesn't even seem to have been a warming warning um, and so on and so on. And actually, <laughs> I just thought it was a cute little post and I put it out, like, really early in the morning. It got hundreds and hundreds of comments, over 600 comments, which made us realise, wow, we really did touch a nerve with that one. And it is something that Mark and I obviously have been talking a lot about this year because in December she's going to be 18 and she can do whatever the hell she likes. Yeah, I mean, I suppose... <laughs> We went into this sort of as we were discussing discussing this. Uh, we were thinking about emptiness and all that. I mean, this all this all you know, children growing up, it hits you at different times. Actually, I don't think it's only 
an 18-year-old thing. Mm. Oh, know, it's hitting me a lot with Kiki. Kiki's about to be 13 any minute just, now. So, yeah. you know, that transition to being a teenager is a major moment. And I think you also get it around toddlers. I think, you know, so as parents, there are many sort of chapters, I think, in a child's getting old where you are reminded of where did all the time go. And I, you know, I mean, from, from my perspective, when I saw you put up the post... I had the same thing. I get very, you know, there, there's something incredibly disabling uh, about seeing images of your children when they're very young. And, and obviously, I've got... It's it's different for you, though, because, of course, you've got Izzy and Fleur, so you've yeah, hit 18 say. twice yeah. before. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I and, I, and, and I'm sure, you know, because it, it's going to be different with each child. As many of the comments say, you know, or the first one and then the second one, and the, mm. it, it, every time it hits, but... but yeah. Well, I mean, with, yeah, but with the oldest two, I mean, the frustration with the oldest two is that when those targets, when those dates have been hit or when time has ticked away and they've passed, I don't know, whatever, you know, 7, 13, 18, uh, 16, uh, the frustration as an absent parent is, of course, you haven't seen very much of them up to that time. And I, I mean, I, you know, me being a sort of strange, slightly sort of on the spectrum sort of individual, I remember one time totting up the actual amount of time I'd spent with Izzy and Fleur. Uh, subsequent to them being born and me not not being with them. And it was quite a sobering statistic. I mean, I can't remember what it was exactly, mm. but it wasn't very much time. Now, of course, relationships with kids isn't just about time, but I think it is. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, it is. I mean, I, you know, so I have huge sadnesses right from the get-go in this conversation. So when I saw that post about Maddie, it kind of takes me... It's a little bit like grief, and it's a little bit like when you've lost someone... Uh, the feelings never change. You just don't go there as often. Uh, you know, you don't face the emotions as often. So I've chosen not to think too much because it hurts too much um, about, you know, lost time with Izzy and lost time with Fleur. Uh, because I've obviously had the, the nicer distraction, in a sense, of having time with Maddie and having time with Kiki. Well, so, that's something that comes out a lot in the comments, actually, that I did take uh, a real salve from because many people were saying... I, I, you know, I've been so busy and I look back and I think about all the time that I didn't spend with them. And I said to you this morning, didn't I? That is one thing, because with them being homeschooled and stuff, we have spent way more time with our well, we kids than to, most people do. Yeah. We, we have, we have. We've spent more time with them. I mean, it's an interesting one, though, isn't it? Because even though we've spent more physical time with them, we've also been incredibly busy for most of that time in very different ways, you know, whether it be working from home or them being homeschooled by other people. So, you know, it, it's kind we of... We have a lot of fun with them. I yeah. think, you know, we we are we are liberal parents, so mm. we're not we're not the authoritarian parent whose child would rather do anything be it a minute mm. in the same room with them. So we've ha- we have a very mm. I, I think we have a very loving, easy relationship. But, you know, we hang out, we go to cinema, we do stuff mm. together, we go to the theatre, we laugh together. You you're a great clown. Mm. So I think I think much more you, they see you already as as a friend. Mm. You know, they see you very much as a friend and somebody that they're proud of to show off to their friends because you're so much fun. I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> um, and I'm a miserable mum. Well, no, um, but but the, I think what comes through a lot with people's messages is the ones that don't break your heart is real hope that Honestly, people say they become the greatest of friends. Yeah. So it got me thinking back to when we were 17, turning to 18, as so many people say, you walk out the door. It's it's mm. it's part of that age to be a bit a bit self-obsessed, mm. a bit of a narcissist, just doing what you want. Mm. Um, and uh, when I was when I think back to 17, I just did whatever I want. I never thought for a minute 
that I might be causing my parents any upset or mm. any well, yeah, no, grief at losing me. Mind you, my parents never said any of that to me. Well, I was going to say, I mean, one of the things I was thinking about before we talked, started this chat was, you know, if I, I mean, obviously, if everyone has their specific situations. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, you know, like every teenager, I remember being hungry for New Horizons and yeah, college beckoned and bad, universities and da-da-da-da. But I didn't have a codependent or even kind of dependent relationship on my mum at all. I mean, my mum's life was very chaotic. Um, I really wanted to escape it. It was thoroughly unpleasant. Um, and you know, in a very different way when I was a teenager. I just, you know, it's just, I just, there was nothing attractive about staying at home. And that thing kicks in when you're a teenager where you, you're not viewing your parent in a, as a human. It's just like you're an annoyance. Mm. You're annoying. You've made your That's choices. That's quite interesting. Not as a human. No, not really. Not really. And I mean, you know, going back to this idea of where did, you know, where did all the time go? I mean, I suppose... I mean, I remember my mum being deeply, deeply distressed and upset when I finally left home. I mean, I know that's slightly off topic because that's sort of empty nesting, which we'll talk about another time. But, you know, I think her moment of realising that time had passed, I don't necessarily... If she, I, I don't... And I never felt like... My my mum didn't spend a great amount of time with me. And I don't think... I don't ever remember feeling that she regretted that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It was she was busy doing her thing. She was a young parent. She was a single parent. She was a sort of you know chaotic. Funny, isn't it? Because a lot of that sounds quite negative, and yet that's one thing. Maybe that's one thing that really propelled you and drove mm. you and gave you ambition to, to strive and look after yourself and get out there. Mm. So it's not necessarily probably as negative. No, and I'm not saying it is. I think it, <laughs> I think it thrust me into the world. Yeah. You know, I didn't. Yeah. So there was there was short term what I would describe. And hopefully, my mum will never listen to this. Sort of what I would describe as selfish trauma from my mum because she just didn't want things to change. She was splitting up with the woman she was yeah. with at the time. There's a lot of trauma going on. But uh, I, I, I just remember thinking, this is great. I'm off. This is it. It's done. It's I've outgrown my mum. I remember that vividly thinking, oh, my God, I know more than her. This is weird. It's a weird moment, isn't it, when you know more than your parents? Yeah. It's like, fucking hell. They don't know, they don't know everything. Mm. That's why I know much. That's why I'm so glad Ooh. that we've said to our kids all the time, we don't know everything and we don't oh, know much. Because I, I didn't want them to work out at any yeah. point. Like, oh, right, they get stuff yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> we've always said we get stuff wrong. So um, there was no sense, I, I felt no sadness. I mean, it's a curious way of talking about this subject. I felt no sense in my mum of having lost time. I don't know whether you did from your parents. I think it was a different generation as well. Well, at 17, I got my first boyfriend and that was all I cared about. Yeah. As simple as that. Yeah. I cared about going out. I cared about vodka tonics. Mm. I mean, I probably was drinking the heaviest I've ever drunk at that age. I was wow. out. I'd found okay. my way. I had a job. Mm. I was working at the National Theatre as an usherette. I'd found my tribe. Nothing meant more to me than this group of people, mm. of actors and writers. And, you know, and I was doing plays and I was like, I was on top of the world. That's mm. why I feel really bad about Maddie having her 17th year, because that was my best, one of the best years of my mm. life. Yeah. Because I just felt that, I felt indestructible. Right. I hadn't discovered hangovers then. I just discovered the joy of being pissed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had my own money and I was, I just felt like I was being really smart. I was mm. earning enough money at the National Theatre selling ice creams to spend that night in the pub. And that was my life. Mm. And That's every so often, every so often I'd pop back home and it would be really nice to see them all. And it would But there be... was no sort of sadness nor sort of pressure or stress or, I mean, you had, I mean, from what you describe, you had a very sort of, in inverted commas, conventional and healthy setup with your parents. Yeah, but parents. now I wonder, what were they thinking? 
How worried were they? Because at 17, at 17, I just thought I was now a total grown-up and could mm. do anything I wanted. And, and mm. that's why I think, really, with Maddie, we're still very lucky. She's very sweet. You know, she asks about a lot of no, stuff no, that I, I wasn't... I keep not... wondering when she's going to stop asking. She, God, I hope she doesn't listen to this. Well, no, 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 but it's very sweet. I mean, <laughs> she's really sweet. Day, she she did re- stop, but the thing is, I think we're... She's very we're, respectful. And I think we should pat ourselves on the back. I think if she was to stop asking, it's not like with the kind of parents to be like, well, why aren't you... Well, you know, hmm. is it OK to do that? Is it OK? I mean, it, <laughs> there'll be very few situations where we'd say, no, it's not OK. Well, I think maybe because we haven't... into your eyeballs. We've never once said, no, you can't. Maybe that's why she was asked if she's on a winning ticket, whereas yeah. if I'd asked my mum, she might have said no. I do worry sometimes. I mean, I know, again, but, but I just off. wanted to just finish that off. Okay. And, and so I I had no concept of what my parents might be going through. Mm. Um, but where I'm getting a little bit of heart when I am worrying about Maddie coming to 18 is I remind myself of the joy that I felt at emancipating myself from my parents. You know, not in a nasty way, not like, oh, thank God they're behind me. But we have to, li- we have to, we have to almost live vicariously a little through them and go, oh, this is a moment. This is a big moment in the life. And are you saying that that sort of remembrance of that emancipation is what makes you feel better about her going through this? Because, I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 right I'm approaching and... this subject through the skew of us as parents because your post was very much about loss. Mm. And I think what I was curious about and I wanted to mention earlier was, you know, when I saw your post, I thought that's curious because... I've talked about that between ourselves quite a lot, the sense I feel of loss around them getting mm. older. And whenever I've said it, you've not said it horribly, but because you, you're an eternal optimist and always cut half full, you often say, oh, no, 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 don't think like that, or you shouldn't think like that, or I don't think like that, I don't see it like that. This is always, always an opportunity. And, I, and so it was an unusual post for me to read of yours. But that's what I'm saying. Well, because we're all many things, aren't we? We all think many things. So in that moment when I sent it, I felt that... I don't even know if loss is the right word, but just inevitable change, you know. And and then when I got... When I read so many of the comments underneath, I went back to, yes, this is. Yes, this is weird. As lots of people said, it's change and change. Just as human beings, we find change difficult. But the way to see myself through it is to just say that this is her... Oh, my God, I've been crying. <laughs> I feel very tearful, actually. Is, is that this is, this is her... Mm. This moment? is her moment. moment. Like, she wanted to break out into song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I suppose, actually, the, another tricky thing with that is because we've gone through this horrific time globally, I also have to be really mindful that... She's got a very difficult 17, 17th year mm. compared to us. Mm. And, and I feel the weight of that. And I feel that, in a way, we've got to be even more um, able to let go where we can mm. because they're all feeling so trapped. They're yeah. all worrying about whether they'll ever have to be able to spread their rings, get a job, mm. get a flat, get a... You know, so, mm. yeah, it's just as everything is as a bloody parent. This is why these confessions of a modern parent could go on forever. There's a million different thoughts and feelings that come into every feeling you have. If I'm honest, the more we're talking about this, the more I'm just going to share with, with our listener a sort of stream of consciousness, emotion that I'm feeling. This is what happens to me as a parent, and I'd, I'd be curious to know if this happens to other fathers. I guess it begins to feel like parenting is like a runaway train and it feels like there's no driver at the front of it and it feels like it's getting ever so slightly faster and faster like a runaway train. And as we're talking about this, 
I'm feeling, if I'm really honest, the cumulative effect of lost time with each of my girls. Because I don't see myself as a parent of an amorphous mass of four daughters. I see myself as a father of four individuals. Mm. And my love for each of them is is complete and, and, and overwhelming and it, it, there's no comparison. It doesn't have different sizes and all that kind of stuff. It's just an amorphous ma- mass of love, but for four individuals. And when I think of all four of them, I don't know whether it's a male thing, I don't know whether it's a me thing. I feel I do view it in terms of loss because this is something or a state of mind I've been in as a parent from the age of 23. And as Maddie moves through into adulthood, um, I'm feeling a tightening of the chest. This could be the first time that uh, someone has a heart attack in a podcast. I'm feeling quite stressed. Um, Here we go, guys. Yeah, no. Um, and then, of course, Kiki's coming through at 13. And, and, and what comes with 13 is, you know, children are older, much younger now, aren't they? And so, you know, Kiki as a 13-year-old is nothing like Kiki's what wafting. Izzy was. Kiki's wafting around like, like a 24-year-old. Like no, yeah, like, exactly. And so there's no comparison in many regards no. to what Izzy was like. And I do see it as a sense of loss. And I do feel like... Um, you know, I feel like what's being revealed in my struggle with it is the extent to which I'm codependent on being a father and on, on my children and having children. I mean, this is something for a, a slightly different conversation about empty nesting and all of that. But the reason I do feel sad about it is because they have become... That's our dog drinking in the background, by the way, not Nadia drinking her tea. <laughs> uh, still not I have, they have become really meaningful friends. And I don't say that in that hippie way. I don't want to sit there drinking with them. That's not the kind of friendship I mean. I like my children. I like them. Mm. And I feel that I can annoy them, but I feel they like me. I'm not going to talk... I mean, obviously, they love you and like you in different ways. I'm just talking about my experience. And I'm, I, I do feel sad that my involvement with them is necessarily going to diminish... But why do you say that? Because, as many of our followers have said, it actually enriches in a different way. And I think, I think it's really easy and it's completely human and completely understandable why we have moments where we think it's going to diminish because they're not going to need us. In the same way, it's not about being but needed. Never, it's not about being needed. No, no but it, it is a little bit like you know when they want to come and sit me. I mean, when I was looking at those photos, that that kind of need it leaves an ache. Mm. You know, uh, even you know the other day I was thinking about when they used to have a bottle and climbing up onto your lap, and yeah, nothing in the whole world feels so good yeah. as when they just twiddle with your hair or they play with you. That kind of need, we are letting go of that all the way through their lives. Yeah. We, I have pangs still now. I said to Matty the other day, I said, please, can you just sit on my lap? Yeah. And you know what? She really did. Yeah. And she really put her head on my chest and it was really, really lovely. Um, yeah, yeah I, I hear that. I hear that. And I think there is a physicality there that I miss. And I, mean, I, miss that with all, I miss that with all my girls because, of course, there comes a point where for a dad... It's not strange in a weird way, but there's just, you know, there are hugs and there are moments. But, I mean, like, for example, I saw... I see Kiki come over and, and lie on her lap, or I see Maddie do that, and I, I yearn for that. I yearn for it in a massive way that there could be an easiness. No, 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 I know they love hugging, but there's a difference. Once you become a grown woman, it's not exactly the same. Women can lounge around we on women. We should do a whole podcast on women that. Women can lounge around on women, but, but women can't really lounge around on men. <clears throat> you know, and the other weird thing, that, for, that there is a contingent, isn't there, in girls and their dads, 
the, you know, the whole, you know, I, mean, uh, I, I see, I, I, see Maddie, I see Maddie get excited sometimes when she sees that I'm going to get a bit jealous about boyfriends because that's part of the shtick yeah. of being a dad. And so there is a sort of, as she grows up into a woman, she becomes attractive to other men and there's that whole unspoken dialogue that goes on between a father and a daughter, which I, I hope I've cradled caringly and I do mm. it supportively, even though I've struggled with it. Um, Just taking a moment here with both into <laughs> So we are a couple of subjects. What's wrong with us? Last time it was about eating bloody food, watching telly. This is ludicrous. No, I mean, I suppose what I'm saying is. Because there's nothing as big as being a parent. There's nothing. Fuck it all. Everything else just pales into insignificance. We have brought in to this world human beings that at some point we have to put out into the world. Well, it was interesting because you said the thing about need, and it is about need, and bottles and all that. I, I have a slightly different one in Safaris. At the moment, I'm going through this realisation that I'm going to go to the cinema a lot more on my own these days, and that's fine. It's kind of like I send them photos of me looking increasingly insane in cinemas, and they send them back going, oh, have a lovely time. And it's just like, that's changed. And I do, but, I, do but I would about... say, I would say that will come back. I would say we have laid the ground... We are, they will have to have a time where they fly and then it will never be quite as good as going to the cinema with you because you have years of history. And this is what a lot of the comments say, you know, they will, their whole lives, there will be nobody probably that they will be able to trust the level that they can trust us. Mm. We, it will turn to real and meaningful friendship. And actually, this is my hopes and this is my hopes. It's going to change, but I do think we're going to get great friendship out of this. Yeah, you see, you're, you're an eternal optimist. And it's not that I'm an eternal pessimist. It's just I don't agree. I, I think that what happens, and I have some experience of this with the older girls, is that the vicissitudes, that's a good word, isn't it, of life um, get in the way, as they should do, and as they will do for everyone. They've got their priorities, they have new sets of friends, they have new partners, they have... They come face to face with the what are, I have to confess are increasingly impossible financial constraints on young people trying to kind of you know live together. You know, it's like but I, I do listen, think that's you know, very difficult for you because you have daughters that you did that you were that you didn't have with you growing up with you an absent father through no fault of your own. That is toffee walking around. <laughs> um, it's, it's a very different situation. I really do think in that. They've way. grown up in a different part of the country, yeah. so their lives are, just by dint of that, they're just, their lives have, they've grown up in, you know, just away from you, with a different, you know, far away from you, with a different group of friends. I don't think you should, I don't think you should, you know, let that determine too much no, 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 no. What it's you not, it's think not is going to happen? because no, you don't know. I suppose I, you know, I, you watch films, you read books, you you know people. <laughs> well, I'm in and of the world, and you hear. It's like I look at people slightly younger than me, friends of our age or younger, and I see how they relate to their parents. And it's very infrequently. It's very normal. It's this is a highly unusual setup we have here with your parents, where you all you and you and your sisters are very plugged into your mum and dad's life in a way. I mean, effectively, you haven't really left home. So you know. You know, I, I, I sort of lurch from one side of kind of wanting them to do the same thing and not move too far from us and live their lives and us sort of help them in some capacity and that that help is critical to them and da-da-da-da so that we have that connection. Because I think the vast majority of people listening to this, children do leave home and that closeness does change. And that when I look at my situation with Izzy and Fleur, I don't hold them or their mothers or 
me responsible for that. I think that's a very standard manifestation, actually, of the amount of distance that can creep in. So that, you know, it only takes you... I mean, I, I know that you were reading out some of the comments that we got today, and, you know, as soon as a child moves abroad, or, you know, our friend who's, whose son lives in Chicago, you know... One has to fortify against that possibility. And I think that's a really interesting other chat I do about... fortify against the possibility that, you know, we might see them every couple of months. We might see them... This, it will be ebbs and flow. It will mm. be an ebb and flow. But I don't want to just crumble as a person as they go. And I have to be really mindful of that. Because actually, one of the comments that came in really broke my heart. This woman saying, I think three of her children are already gone. And she's with the last one. And she's a single parent. And she said she found herself sobbing in Tesco's. Uh, I might have conflated two stories here because she didn't know what food to buy. Mm. And she's so worried when the last one goes because she said, I'll simply be on my own and I won't know who I am. And I think that that's a very scary prospect because we do, we do in a way, we do do become, we define ourselves in a a big way with with our children. And I think it's, I think it's really important to just keep saying, you know, just keep trying to think as positively as you can about the future, because otherwise I feel like I'd go under with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not saying this to go under with it. Mm. I'm saying this to, no, know, to, to, to reflect, hopefully, for some yeah. listeners, that if you're feeling this, it's very normal. It's, I feel it. Sure it. Is. I feel very scared about it sometimes. I feel very excited about their lives another way. Of course, for them, I'm very mm. excited. If I'm talking about being inhabiting my own body and I can only actually talk with any certainty about me my sense of it for myself is one of i know i've got choppy waters coming and that those choppy waters are a combination of excitement and total belief in letting go and letting them letting them swim but also a fear of the distance that will creep in with two with two to four you know children who are just so precious to me my biggest fear isn't actually about that side of it my biggest fear is the world Mm. it's like when i think about and, and that came up quite a bit in the comments as well. You know, when I think about possibly possibly that Maddie could move out at the end of the year or move out next year, financially it's going to be very difficult. But if she were, it's just this world is such a horrible place, can be such a horrible place. And when mm. I look at those photos and I see that innocence and I see her just look, that look, and I know, however tough she seems and mm. all of this now... It, that is her essence. Mm. So it's not so much I worry about how I'm going to feel or what it's going to do for me, which, though I am, I'm really worried about the world. And that's the scariest thing mm. for me, is I know how manipulative some people can be. Mm. I know how easy it is if you've got a good heart to believe those that aren't good. And that, and when I think about the mistakes that I made at that age and the situations and the near misses and the scurrilous... Some men, I'm sorry to say, and some women, but I'm talking from a female perspective, are scurrilous, Mm. have been scurrilous. And she's... You know, I just worry about that. I really... Mm. That's the thing I worry about the most being away from us, out of the nest. It's like... How do we steer? Because we steer a lot without them knowing. We, no, we're absolutely. not like we're not very like right. Listen to me, and you've got to do this. But we will listen, and we will we will counsel, and mm. we would we will advise around the back door. And I worry that 
part of becoming 18 is about saying, well, I'm going to deal with stuff now or I don't want to m- worry mum and dad or I don't... That's what I don't want. Mm. I mean, I'm like that with my parents now. I, don't, well, I try he, not to tell them any of the, Izzy the bad stuff. Izzy does that with me already. Izzy, I can see Izzy and Fleur do that with both me and their, their mums. You know, they, 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 they want to try and manage what we but see They want them. to come across looking like they're yeah, getting on yeah. with life. Great. And, and I just, that's, what I, about. that's what I worry about. Yeah, trying to, you know, to pretend that it's easy living this life in this world can create inordinate stress. It's, it's one of the main causes of, of suicide in men, is yeah. the pretense that, that everything's coping, okay. That yeah. coping. And, um, I, and, I, and I think that's why, and this is quite a good one, I mean, I'm, I fuck up as a mum all the time and I have huge guilt about where I'm no good, but I do think one thing that I've that done that is good with the girls, <clears throat> and maybe, Mark, if you've got a thing as well, is that I always, this has been a pulse since they're tiny and it's so that it goes into their brain. So I've made, I think with children, like you think if you make a little railway track and one of the railway tracks I've put into their brain, it's almost like brainwashing so that it will come to them is, I'll never be cross, I'll never be angry. Whatever's happened, nothing will shock me. Mm. And a problem shared is a problem halved. And I say that all the time. All the time, whatever they tell me, I say absolutely calm. And I say, I say, even if you did the most terrible thing of all, like the most terrible crime, and you came and told me, I would sit down with you and I would say, what do we do next? Like, what should we do? Mm. You know, because I just want them to always have in their head that they can come here to us. And even I do think you're right when you say a dad's place, and I do think it works well, this sort of, you know, different way that we do stuff like you going, oh my God, and I'm going to crazy and I'm going to run people over. It's a really good balance between the two parents because that shows them like, you know what I'm hearing more and more these days from our girls and I really like it. They say, oh God, loads of my friends' parents just don't even care. No, 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 I know. Well, one of the things, just as a counterpoint to what you're saying, which I think is really important, I think, you know, the thing I would always guarantee, what, what did I not have as a child? And I did not have a father figure that essentially totally had my back. Mm. And it's about having your back. The, the amount of times I send a text to Izzy or Fleur and I say, look, you know, regardless, like you, regardless of what's happening, there'll be no judgment, there'll be no turning mm. off, we solve the problem first. But even beyond that, even beyond that, if, if some problems in life which are irresolvable or are too big or are ongoing or gonna, are going to last for a long time, I have always got you're back. I'm thinking of you. I'm looking out mm. for you. You're in my thoughts. I'm, tr- I'm troubling for new ideas, for new solutions. Mm. And sometimes that is caricatured by the fact that if they need to know they have tribal loyalty on a level that I will go out and destroy the world for them, mm. they can tap into that. Because I never, I never thought I had that. It was all too fucking flaky for me at the back. And that is a, that is a sort of, call it tribal, call it old-fashioned, call it gender-specific, whatever the bloody hell you want to call it. For me, my job as a father is to give them a paternal mm. guarantee. I think it's all right to have differences between mater- mothers yeah. and fathers. I think that that's fine. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, and, I, I, and, and so that's what I pray for. I pray that these, these things have gone in and they don't go, say, I'm 18... I'm just going to get on with all this shit by myself. However low I might get, I'm not going to tell my parents because I want my parents to now think I'm all big and grown up and I can do everything by myself. Because I don't feel that. And I'm 56. I still would like to go and sit on someone's lap and go, can you just make everything feel okay for a minute? To quote someone very famous, it's (laughs) fake news. It's fake (laughs) fake news to think that it gets more comprehensible and manageable. It just really doesn't. Um, But just finally, before we go and look at all the social media comments... um, 
Going back to the original sentence, where did all the time go? Where did all the time go? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, quite a few people say be careful because now it really flips from 18 to 40. Suddenly she'll be 40. That's what a lot oh of people say. Well, when that time's went, gone, we'll be dead. I said to whoever that follower was, if you can hear yourself in that, I said, you're trying to make me right. feel better. Now, before we record each episode of our podcast, we ask you to get involved on social media. Hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to get in touch on our Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and Family. On Twitter, at Nadia Sawala. And if you're a little bit scared of Nadia and you're a little <laughs> bit worried that she might tell you off, you can always come to lovely, cuddly old me <laughs> at, at, on Instagram at Mark underscore Adderley. A-double-D-E-R-L-E-Y. Okay, well, I'm not going to say who these comments are from because we never know if they want some degree of anonymity. Um, So someone here said, I had my daughter at 16. She's 23 now, left for uni at 19. It's amazing how it does just hit you. I never thought I'd be one of those moms that got affected, but my therapist did say empty nest syndrome. Keep yourself busy is the best way, I reckon, without ignoring the actual upset in yourself. I didn't have a partner, friends or family to get any comfort from and severe depression, so it's an ongoing struggle. But this sort of thing is just as hard for everyone who feels that way. We spend so many years devoted to them. I think keeping the lines of communication. I think that point, we spend so many years devoted to them. And I think that's why general, I was thinking about this. I never saw any crisis for my grandparents. And my mum had very little crisis, really, beyond a sort of, at the time, selfish sort of interest, if you like. But I think the reason things have got much more complicated is because we are all far more psychologically and psychoanalytically aware. And Mm. we've become... And entangled with our children. Our our parents parents were like, what do you mean? Loads of us. Oh, don't don't be so silly. Stop overthinking. Stop navel-gazing. Whereas now, I think more so, people really are involved in their children's emotions. I mean, you could argue that's a bad thing, but I I don't Mm, don't don't think so. I just want to read one here for you, Mark. Tralala 4, I know she doesn't mind us reading out. She likes it when we read her out, so I'm going to name her. My eldest is 19. You will honestly enjoy the next chapter, the grown-up relationship. Just try to grab cuddles, even when they don't want to. You need to hold them for 15 seconds at least. And that is actually, I love that, because I remember Izzy, your eldest, Mm. saying this to me years ago. She said, it's really important with teenagers, even when they're shrugging Mm. you off, just hold them anyway, because Mm. we do want you to hold us anyway. Mm. So to just break through that thing of like... I'm having to fight a desire to run upstairs now and and hug Kiki in a sort of strangely pathological fashion. Kiki's definitely at that age where she just doesn't want to be hugged by but she does, to, to be fair, she does let me, she does let me hug her. Uh, someone else here says, um, I have a 25, 22 and 13-year-old, single mum, can't bear to think of five years' time when the youngest leaves. I don't know who I will be. Yeah. You know, I think identity, you know, and I think confessions of a modern parent, this is a huge confession. How much of our identity as parents is being a parent? Yeah. And then is that fair on them because they are their individual? Yeah, yeah. I just want to read this one because this makes me laugh. This is the one that I think tried to make me feel better. Wait until she's almost 40. <laughs> My eldest will be 40 in March next year. It creeps up on you like a ninja. And before you know it, they're grown women. So make the most of every moment with them. My youngest is just four months away from being 34 too. Thank you, Yorkshire Lass, oh. underscore 59. Here's a positive one, and I'm going to name you Chaz T83. It's shock after shock when they reach their late teens. First leaving school, driving, car buying, turning 18, the first time you're in a pub and they buy you the drinks, holidays without you. It never stops, but it's nice at the same time. My son is 19 now, and it's been wonderful to watch his wings unfold and see all the things I've taught him be put to good use. He hasn't left me behind. I love that sentence. Mm. He hasn't 
doesn't let me be his That's great. He still wants me to be his mum. Just now I can be his friend a little more too. Yes, I remember reading that. That's so beautiful. And Mark, I think that's one for both of us to make a film. Curly Nick Nick. I love your name. That's a great name. Yeah. My child is 15 and I had the same thought the other day that she'll be 16 next year. Where did the time go? Then I was racked with guilt. Why didn't I enjoy her more? Take more time with her. Enjoy the moments. Why didn't I realise she'd grow up? But then I look at the beautiful woman. She's becoming, it makes me cry. And I'm proud. Our relationship has changed, but it is no less important. I'm enjoying her now as I did then. However, she'll always be my baby girl. Well, can I give you just, listener, a bit of philosophical and existential advice here? The Mm. problem with this question, where did all the time go, of course, is that as humans, Mm -hmm. time is immeasurable. Uh, You can't live the second choice or the choices you never made. I mean, it's frustrating as hell, and God Almighty, I spend most days regretting the fact that I can't actually take choice three, four, five, and six, as well as choices one and two. But the point here is, however much time we spend with our children or however much time we've given to them in different ways, you could always argue it's never been enough because there'll always be some time that we haven't, whether it be at work, whether it be our own shit, whether it be our own crisis, whether it be us being adult children ourselves. So, you know, the thing, you know, when I get to this point, I do let myself slightly off the hook where I go, regardless of what I've done, regardless of how much we've given, regardless of how brilliantly, in inverted commas, though I don't know what brilliant is, um, we've, we've achieved things as a parent, you'll always be able to feel that you could have done more. And I think in many ways we would both agree and add that that is the sign of a good parent, always interrogating where you could have been better, could have done more, but really learning to know when to stop Mm. castigating yourself for that um my baby here's one from shireen gears my baby's 21 in a month wait until they leave home i cried in tesco sobbing as i didn't know what food to buy this must be who you were talking about Mm. just for me once my youngest left home and went to uni i still wanted to make sure they ate their apples and brushed their teeth if only someone had warned me my babies would grow up as well nadia i hate it too i'd have thought that for you as a worry isn't it how do they maintain their health Oh, don't even talk to me about that one we'll do that at university week yeah because that's that sends people i mean my sister the massive, massive food box she did yes. for, with organic this and organic that. Fine, final comment, which I think is a really funny one to go out because it says it speaks volumes about dads and mums. So Budini says, I was talking to my hubby about going through this and he said he views it as coming to the end of a really good chapter in a book and looking forward to the next. Like that. But then I love what she says here. I'm not sure where that piece of gold came from, but it's really helped me. I wish you were more this profound and helpful more often. I know, I love that. That is a classic woman knocking a man down, even though he's actually helped a situation. I thought that was really funny. There you go. There's some, hopefully, there's some kernels of optimism and positive thought. Oh, and there we are. Saved by the bell. Postman's come again. Soon we will be back in the studio. That's it for this episode of Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you'd like to comment on any of the topics we've discussed today, we'd love you to get in touch. Use the hashtag Confessions of a Modern Parent. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Nadia Sawala. And on Instagram, it's at Nadia Sawala and family. And if you fancy getting in touch with me, it's at Mark underscore Adderley. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review. Tell your friends and get involved. And you can hear more episodes of Confessions of a Modern Parent on Global Player or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye. Ta-da. <laughs>